0: Maybe a second chance. Hey, welcome to Stargate second chances a walking to the Stargate podcast. I'm Zach
1: and I'm Brent and this is episode three where three. we will be talking about season four's episode number <laughs> 16
0: 2010 all the numbers all the numbers again, Zach. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, numbers. It's been interesting that we have had several conversations recently where we've been going through the shtick and saying our thing, and it's just a pile of numbers. It's just a pile. (laughs) Nothing but numbers.
1: Numbers. Uh, It's like like letters, but they're numbers.
0: Well, it is what it is.
1: Sorry. So, dear Patreon listeners... Yeah, uh, it is uh, late in the evening for the two of us, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, if if my jokes are not near as funny, it's because it's late in the evening. Um, but regardless of that, I do want to say thank you very much, Patreon supporters. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for uh, supporting the podcast. Thank you for taking the time to vote. Uh, on these uh, Second Chances episodes. Yeah. Um, I, we've done on three of these, Brent, and I'm actually finding uh, them really enjoyable to do. hmm um, Oh, yeah, me too. To, to dig into these things uh, and watch these episodes again. Um, and we get to do that because you get to help and be a part of this uh, with this mm-hmm. Patreon. So thank you very mm-hmm. much for that.
0: Thank you. It's super great.
1: Um, Sorry, I'm just looking at the show notes here. It says, mention we got some good ideas. Oh, yes. It would be helpful if I could actually process this. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I I did ask for some of you, well, all of you, to share your thoughts on 2010. And many of you have. And so uh, that will uh, be part of our uh, episode later on as Mm -hmm. we talk about this episode. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, without further ado, Brent, let's dig into yeah. this. Let's so, let's
0: let's talk about it.
1: Yeah. All right. So just a reminder: this is directed by Andy Makita, and the teleplay is Brad Wright. Of course, Brad Wright is the co-creator of the show. Andy Makita does a lot of directing. Uh, mostly, he does like second unit stuff and the like. And this is one of those episodes that he uh, took the helm on. Uh, and it originally aired on January twelfth. Two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so wow! From as we are recording this now, twenty
0: years ago and a few <laughs> weeks. Twenty years and a few weeks. Oh my goodness! It's terrible. Wow! It's terrible. Oh, we're getting old. I hate getting old. Well, no, that's well, not true. You know, I actually delight in it. I make jokes out of it at my expense all the time. Never mind. It's just kind of freaky. That's all.
1: Yes. Yep. All right, so uh tell me brent what's the what's our brief synopsis for this episode
0: yeah so twenty ten this is the one where our heroes are ten years in the future, according to the show uh we plop in and there's uh there's Sam and this new guy who's this guy uh apparently they're all like apparently they're a thing because uh, instead of, uh, us finding out that they're a thing by them getting all smoochy smoochy. Uh, we find out they're a thing because they're trying for a baby and it's not working and that's sad. So, so it's a little <laughs> bit of a, like, Whoa, okay, what's going on? And, uh, prominence in the story are the Ashen or as our dear heroes were calling them in that one scene where they had to overdub it a few times, the Ashen, but, um, The Ashen are apparently this pretty great race of uh, alien folk that have a whole lot of technology and are willing to share it and are benevolent. And uh, as a result, there is this collaboration between the societies of Earth and the societies of the Ashen to create an era of peace and prosperity and and great technology. And... um, you know we're we're kind of cued into this new reality because people are going off through the Stargate like it's an airport terminal, like it's a thing that's just happening, and so everything's looking fantastic. But uh, as um, as Sam is digging into uh, why she's having trouble conceiving uh, with the help of Janet Fraser, good old Doctor Fraser. Uh, they discover that there really is not going to be any hope at all for Sam, which is a fact which is peculiar that she's finding it out from Dr. Frazier and not from her Ashen doctors because her Ashen doctors were all like, yeah, everything's fine. Just keep, just keep going. You'll really be all right. A little bit of investigation. They realize that the anti-aging vaccine that's being distributed is actually causing sterility in the people that take it. 90% Ew. plunge in the birth rate from before the vaccine. It's a bad thing. Bad, bad, bad thing. So, as a result, our heroes hatch a plan to send a note back in time. Uh, they th- th- they say they they talk about a few different options, but they kind of land on okay, this is how we're going to do it. Help of a supercomputer to figure out when the solar flare is going to be. Ju- you know, learning from their experience when they went back to nineteen sixty nine by accident. Uh, they 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 pull off. You know, I guess it's a heist. It's <laughs> something like a heist with the help of Walter. <laughs> I just need you to trust me on this one I'll have it back by Thursday Thursday and Thursday. Uh, so um yeah so they 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 get all the pieces together the team kind of reassembles a little bit begrudgingly at first and then boom they go at it and they kind of take over the stargate and the, the the security system starts shooting everybody down and everybody has a death scene and at the end uh Sam is able to launch the note with her dying gesture through the event horizon. And on the other side of the event horizon are our heroes in the, quote, present day, unquote. They receive the note. It's a note from Jack. It's his handwriting. There's blood on it to be analyzed. And it says, do not go to planet PXD-9 or 72. I can't remember. But don't go there. So they lock it out of the dialing computer. And, you know, kind of kind of makes you wonder where, where that note came from. Makes you wonder.
1: Makes yeah. you wonder.
0: So that's, that's yep. basically the episode.
1: Yep. So uh, with that, Brent, uh-huh. uh, and your rewatch, you've watch this a couple of times, uh, you know about uh, 2001, the sequel yeah. to this episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, as we meet uh, good old Ambassador Joe again and the Ashen Mollum. <laughs> Mellon. Uh, Mellon. 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, again, and all of that. Uh, so um, what do you think? What do you yeah. think after rewatching watching this?
0: So um, a piece of me as I was watching it was thinking to myself, like, I feel like I just watched this. And, you know, actually, indeed, we did kind of just watch it. Um, it wasn't that long ago that we were uh, wrapping up season four or three, whatever this one is from. What is this from? Four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. So it, it's basically an entire season behind where we currently are right now. In season five, right, midway through season, or well right the other the other half of of, of season five, whatever i'm rambling um this one uh after having seen two thousand and one um it felt like uh Malum in two thousand ten was a little less nefarious, like the um the the sterility issue was very real and you know malam had kind of this air about him uh you know that 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 was kind of standoffish but it was pretty well played off in every single scene uh you know in, in, in as just a sort of a way that the ashen are this is how they behave they're a little bit mm-hmm. stoic they're a little bit uh reserved and so the creepy factor just kind of doesn't really click in at least for me in the rewatch, because that's just kind of the way it is, even though the situation is pretty bad. Like even though the situation warrants a little bit of creepy, even though they are the bad guys. Um, I think that they kind of dialed that up, that nefarious quality in 2001. Like it feels like even though it was the exact same actor portraying the exact same character, it felt like the aggression was a little bit higher and it very well could have been because obviously we, the viewers know that they're the bad guys and they we know that, 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 that this is, this is, there's more to it than it seems. Um, so they're just feeding that to us in that, in that way in 2001, but, you know, back to 2010, uh, it was, it was kind of fun. I mean, it, it felt like, you know, it felt like a heist. Um, I think we might've talked about that when we first watched it before, uh, I know I just used that metaphor very recently with, regarding one of the episodes we just watched about how things don't always click. They, they click together, but they don't really have a harmony and the things that clicked together in 2010 did feel like they had a bit of a harmony. Like this one was kind uh, of a uh-huh. pretty nicely paced episode. This one had a, this one was a pretty like uh pretty good story. Um, you know, pretty good little like, you know, pretty well done with the hook. Um, even though it felt like it was kind of laid out on a platter. Uh, there were parts about the exposition as they were talking about it, which I was kind of chuckling to myself. Like they really did lay it out like that. Um, like very plainly, the, the scene where everybody got together again after the ceremony and they were mentioning, um, they were mentioning, uh, general Hammond and how he wasn't with them anymore. And, uh, you know Jackson absentmindedly says, "How long has it been?" And Teal says, "It's been six years." And I was thinking, like, yeah, you know, I well, maybe Jackson isn't. I thought that scene was a bit of an exposition in a weird way because it's un it's it's unusual for people to not be able to backwards calculate six years without you know what I mean. Like, it just felt like uh, like Jackson like should have been able to sit there and go, "Oh wow, it's been six years, man! I can't believe it." Um,
1: oh yeah, yeah.
0: But uh instead it was phrased like, How long's it been? It's been six years. Uh that one was a little bit kind of like, I don't know, a little strange for me. But otherwise than that, like it felt plausible and it had good pace and it had a good it had a good um ending, that's for sure. Uh and then there were those character moments. Um there were a couple of really good tense moments involving uh you know, involving Sam and Jack and Sam and Joe. Um yeah. like th- those were some really good scenes, especially the one between Sam and Joe. Like yes. Like that bedroom scene is fantastic. Those two actors just nailed that out of the park. It was really 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 good and believable and delivered perfectly and not a single wasted breath in that entire exchange. It was great. Even and the I twist need to- Go ahead. And I need to just say
1: congratulations and I don't have it in my notes here the actor who played Joe um but you know for for a guest actor yeah. to come in and work with one of the stars of the show who has had 4 years to hone their character and is a strong actor in her own right. Yep. Um, to to be able to walk into that situation and to play those lines and that that intensity of a con- conversation, yeah, uh, you know, and to hold his own against that, I mean, that's just kudos. He did a great job. I with think
0: that. that they had um just remarkably supreme chemistry on screen, and I don't mm-hmm. mean. The kind of chemistry where you can just see the sparks flying off of them. I mean that kind of uh, that 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 deep level of relationship that is formed by two people over a long period of time.
1: Right, like they hundred percent believable that they were yeah. a married couple. Yes, that that they have been married for five six years. Yeah, um, and have a deep respect for each other as professionals and as people. And, and all of this stuff is 100% believable uh, that they would be a couple together. Uh, yeah, you're right. They had this, this very good chemistry. Uh, and I'm really glad that they were able to bring that actor back and that character back for 2001. Yes. And I'm really sad, uh, although it did fit the story fairly well. Uh, but I'm just sad that, that he had to uh, be lost to the Ashen at the end of 2001.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um it was nice to see him back in 2001 that's for sure. There was something that I had kind of forgotten about in 2010. There was that scene towards the end where Joe's handing off the 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 the, the remote. Uh what is it called? The GDO. Thank you. The GDO, handing off the GDO. And you know, which by
1: the way is um uh an acronym for garage door opener. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where GDO
0: comes from. Which makes sense with the DHD, right? Like yeah, none of these dial home device. Yeah, yeah, none of these things are actually that that sophistic- sophisticatedly named. Wow, uh, that's not a word. Um, anyway, all right. He's sorry, handed, I derailed. It's you. fine. He's handing off the GDO, and I I forgot about this, and I still was not impressed with uh, Joe and Jack just having having the man talk about what the woman folk was going to do, <laughs> and she's standing right there. <laughs> And it's yeah. just like, hush now, honey, let the men talk. Um, like, that one was just like, come on, but whatever. Like, the rest of the episode was just darn good. Um, but even and-
1: that scene, uh, well, I'm not going to excuse the peacocking.
0: Yeah, there you um, go. Yeah.
1: Uh, but I. It, it is believable to me that... Well, A, you have to believe that Joe and Jack did not have a healthy relationship nope. with each other. There's yeah. definitely had some adversarialness going on there between the two of them. Absolutely. Uh, and so, given that, it, I totally believe him walking up to whom he thinks is the instigator of all of this stuff. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something like, it's got to be you. You're in charge of this. You, you. Yep. Yep. And, 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 and so him saying, okay, fine, I don't want to tell me, fine, but, but you leave the thing I love out of it. Now, it, it, I'm not excusing the peacocking, but I also under, understand where he is coming from. And mm-hmm. I, you know, wh- whether, whether he is right or wrong, I guess is irrelevant to some degree because this is what he's doing. Um, and it's like, it's our job as, as, you know, commentators after the fact to decide whether or not he, it was appropriate or inappropriate to do that. Um, but I at least understand where he's coming from. Yes. Yeah. And it didn't matter in the end. (laughs) No, 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 because she's just like, finally, he's like, um, we're, let's go, let's go, honey. Let's go, honey. And and she's like, you know what? You go. Yeah. I have to go do this. And she runs in there. Yep. Um and to his credit he follows her. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, I mean so like, you know, there there's enough of a connection there that uh when she says, "Nope, nope, I'm not leaving. I'm all in. I'm going to go back and help." Uh he runs in there after her. Uh not quite to help, but at least to to do what he can to to protect her. Yeah. Um in yeah.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. But it's, you know, it's folly, but whatever. I mean, yes. Yeah, it's. Well, it's, yeah. Uh, Ambassador Joe's a good guy. Like he he did what he could. It didn't mm-hmm. work, but whatever. He was trying. He was doing what he could. And um, there was a different what? I can't remember the name of the episode and I can't even recall the plot of the episode. But we've had an episode recently where everybody got a death scene. Um, oh, mm. it was the replicators. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. I not. I didn't mean the replicators. I meant the 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 robot copies. Um, where we got to see Harlan again.
1: Oh, oh double jeopardy. Double when jeopardy. We saw the you know Harlan and Comtrade guy. Yes. And, and the robots and all of the robots died. Yes,
0: yes, yes. When I said replicators, I was making. I guess I was making a Blade Runner joke, but uh, but there are things called replicators in this universe, and I didn't mean them. Um, anyway, yeah, no, the the, the the duplicates, robot duplicates. Everybody got a death scene, and a good one, too. A uh, pretty good one uh, in that episode. And here in this one, everybody got a death scene, but it was a little less good. It was just more like, okay, you're getting shot a lot. <laughs> like, a lot. Yeah. Okay, you're getting hurt more. Okay, now you're dead. Okay, good job. All right, next. You getting shot, too. Oh, oh more 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 death more death bigger um bigger <laughs> but the reset uh the reset to zero though like i'm very impressed with how this series doesn't really do a reset to zero it it yeah it kind of does but it's never zero it's always reset to zero plus a little bit Right, like it does and seem to always in move it forward. In this particular
1: case, because we get a year later, two thousand one, yeah, um, we get we we get a response in our timeline to what happened previously, mm-hmm. and uh, while on some levels it would be enough to say, well, at the end of this episode, we don't know what all happened there, but we now have. Uh, this note that says don't go to this planet, uh, and on some levels that might be sufficient. But the fact that we get the the sequel episode, and we get to know what happens to our present day heroes mm-hmm. uh, as they interact with the Ashen and all of that stuff, to me, and because you know the note and all of that stuff plays a role in all of that, um, it is something that that highlights the fact that this is not simply a reset to zero
0: right right though it could have i mean right they 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 certainly make the most out of it no question and it makes for enjoyable television in the moment and watching it and then with another payoff a year later with 2001 for sure even Mm -hmm. though they could have just walked away from this one right like this one does wrap up
1: it does, yeah. And
0: you don't necessarily have to open it back up again. There's not a loose end per se. Um, you know, we could have gone the rest of the series and never talked about that planet ever again. And it would have been perfectly plausible why we never did. And it was because it was locked out of the dialing computer, right? That was just not a place yep. we went. Um, but instead, we, we you know, we learned all sorts of things. And, you know, the Ashen came back into our story. And so, so that's pretty fun. Um, yeah. And this is where this is where it all kicked off. So, how many times have you watched this episode, Zach? Like 47,000 times? Oh, you know, I, I think
1: it's not quite that high. It's probably in the 35,000 times.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean. Come yeah. on. I, I you mean. Know, don't, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but, uh, anything about this particular rewatch that was different?
1: So, I was really jamming on this episode. Uh, when was it? It was... I was. It was just last night that, mm-hmm. that I rewatched this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I got home from work, and you and I, we were originally going to podcast yesterday mm-hmm. for this episode, and life happened, and that didn't happen, so we rescheduled for tonight, but that's mm-hmm. okay. So I got home from work, and I'm like, okay, I need to watch this episode so that I can prepare to podcast with Brent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I sit down, and I turn it on, and I watch it, and, and I have to say, I was really jamming on it this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just you know from from the the get go I was just drawn into the story uh the cinematography was mm, great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh I really was just digging into the the every scene and how the story developed um i I even more so than previous times hmm. that I've seen this episode it was just this particular run through just picked me up and took me for the ride mm-hmm. and I was just like. Dude, you know, it must have been exactly the type of thing that I needed it after a long day of work. Um because I I had good feels about this watch through. Yeah. More then i even remember having good feels about this episode in the past i'm pretty sure i liked this in the past sure i i don't remember what i rated it the first time around i do have the information julie was able to look that up and oh, got awesome. some notes uh, you, from our first watch mm-hmm. uh, first review so so we'll take a look at those in a little bit um but uh you know but i'm pretty sure i rated this pretty high um but i just when i was watching this yesterday uh, i just I had good feels for it. Yeah. It was just, it was just a a, a joy to watch. Uh, I was invested. Um, You know, I felt for all of the characters. Um, When, when Jack shoots Melon, I mean, Mullum (laughs) with the Zat gun. um, Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, you go. And, and you're right. You know, the, the, uh, the race to the gate and getting shot up and all of that stuff um, isn't, uh isn't as clean as it could have been sure. uh potentially um but it didn't bother me because i was i was lost in the the heroic uh sacrifice of all of the characters to try to save everything mm-hmm. um and you know just giving themselves up uh and, and it, i was jamming on it it was just yeah
0: yep So
1: It it was good, good sauce.
0: I've got a question for you. Yes. When they were sitting around the dinner table, they were talking about what they could possibly do to stop the Ashen from subjugating the people of Earth to the point of extinction. Right. And they mentioned the Tolan. So, in this alternate reality, the Tolan are around and are a resource and are still very powerful, but in our timeline, just one year later, they're gone. Does yeah. that knowledge change how you feel about the appropriateness of SG one tossing the note back? It's a bit of a it's a bit of a trolley problem. So I completely respect the complete lunacy of my question because the trolley problem well, is a thing that doesn't exist. We solve we we help people. That's what we do. But you know, in the logic problem sense, they don't know that they're damning the Tolan, right? But I think that that was Dr. Fraser's point when she was like, "Can we actually make this call?" and you know, Sam was like, well, you know, if we don't, then the human race is done for. Yeah. Well, they did, and the Tolan do- were done for.
1: Right. Um, one of the things that makes this different than the Trolley Call or... Uh, well, it's, it's it, different because, is, yeah, is yeah. The, Is that, you know... Seven for uh, one or whatever, yeah, right. Nobody, you know, in this story here, uh, our heroes made a decision... With all of the information that they had at the time, yes. and they made the best decision that they could. Um, it, does it have ramifications? Yeah, absolutely, it does. They undid ten years of Earth history, ten years of everybody on the in the universe's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a result, yeah, the the Tolan uh, do get destroyed by the gold, um that's you know, I hadn't thought that through, thought mm-hmm. about that, but that that's a that's a big uh a big change that happens. Um on the flip side though, uh it appears that in two thousand the history of two thousand ten, not only were the Gua Wold defeated, but basically most of the Tokuro were wiped out as well. And it sounds like whatever hap likely mm-hmm. that whatever whatever ended up killing the Goo also affected the Tok'ra, so there aren't very many of those left. And, of course, that was mentioned by the Jaffa. The Jaffa are factionalized, um, and not many of them have good, warm, fuzzy feelings about Earth. Mm. Um, And that could be because Earth and the Ashen Confederation... Uh, killed all of their gods, or it could be that uh, now there aren't very many symbiotes around Mm -hmm. to share, and so some are dying. Many are dying as a result. We don't really know. You know, that wasn't fleshed out a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, I, I don't want to do numbers here, but it looks like in the final analysis more people are better off without the ashen in their lives than they are with the ashen in their lives
0: and i i i brought it up it, i brought it up in the way that a philosophy professor will pause you know will at a question and then and then step back from the lectern with a really wicked grin on his face tapping his fingers letting the students just like eat each other trying to answer the question <laughs> i didn't really mean it like like there's a, there's a there's an answer there it was just a thing that crossed my mind when uh, When Daniel mentioned that they could go to the Tolan for help, and you know, we have just crossed that threshold very recently where the Tolan aren't there yeah. to help, so it's yeah. stuck out um,
1: Well, you know, here again, in, in terms of the philosophical question, um, ultimately, I think it comes down to this: um, we never have perfect information hmm we never have. All the facts, we never have all. Uh, we never have knowledge of all of the possible uh, things that could come out of our decisions, uh, and yet we aren't just free to simply freeze and not do anything. Right. right. We and so the question becomes then at that point in time, our jobs then is to do our diligence you right, you know, do what we have to do, do study the problem, uh, and then make the best decision we can with the information that we have and be willing to deal with the ramifications and the consequences therein. Yep. And, you know, if in terms of their personal lives, if Sam wasn't able to actually get that note tossed through there, then she and her, all of her compatriots... We're
0: dead. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Joe would be sitting there looking around, and the, you know, Ashen would clean things up and everything would go on about their day, except for now the heroes of Earth would be dead. Right. Attacking the Stargate, and nobody would know for sure why. Yep. Yep. And while it is true that our current day heroes don't know that happened, uh, we know enough about our heroes to know that. If they were in that position in 2001, they would have made the same decision. Right. Yep. Um, And so here you've got a story of people making the best decision they can with the information they have and risking themselves to do it. Um, And, and then here's the other part, is that after you do that, be fully prepared to accept the consequences therein.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: And and I think that our heroes are prepared to do that and are willing to do that. Um, we don't get to see our heroes uh, feel the weight of the loss of the Tolan and how this decision that they made in a different timeline in the future resulted in that uh, because they don't know. Yep. Um, but... Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that even if they did know, they would still say this is the best of both worlds or the best option of what's on the table
0: yeah i i I agree um yes, I agree. it stuck out. it was yeah. a moment, it was a moment of ooh, there's actually a trade happening here, they just don't know it
1: yeah, that's true, and I hadn't even thought about that, but that that's mm-hmm. that's good insight there um
0: makes you wonder
1: yeah, so Brent mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned earlier that we have several uh, Patreon people who wrote comments and whatnot. And, yeah. Uh, while I'm not going to go through all of these specifically, uh, many of these things are things that, that we have addressed in that. However, there was one. It was uh, Sean mm-hmm. uh, wanted to draw comparisons between this episode 2010 and the Star Trek Enterprise episode Twilight, which mm-hmm. takes place in the third season of that I think it's like episode eight or nine or something like that. Um, and in that episode, uh, Captain Archer uh, has some parasites in his brain that are temporal parasites. And so he can't remember uh, any short, you know, he doesn't put anything new into long term memory uh, after about seven or eight hours or so. Uh, mm-hmm. And so this episode is set 12 years in the future. He's quite a bit older. Um, and. Long story short, they find out that the temporal parasites, um, you know, are stuck in time. And so that if you are finally able to eliminate them, you eliminate them not only from the present time, but from all time. Mm -hmm. And so the theory is that if they're able to eliminate all of these parasites from his brain, um, uh, everything that happened in the last 12 years wouldn't have happened because all that stuff was the result of... Of him losing his long term memory mm-hmm. or his ability to make new long term stuff. Um, you you saw that episode. You watched that episode yep. today too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did I miss any of the main points there?
0: No, that was that uh, was exactly it.
1: And so then the the end of the episode comes out, and uh, the bad guys for that season of Enterprise are the Zindi, and the Zindi are trying to. Uh, stop them and destroy the humans uh, and they're attacking the Enterprise and and uh, Archer is in, enter- in enter- is in the engineering with T'Pol and Dr. Phlox and mm-hmm. and you know lasers are blasting all over the place and people are dying left and right and Archer gets shot and he barely reaches up and he pulls the final switch that is able to zap his brain and the whole enterprise gets blown up. <laughs> yep. But it destroys all of the parasites in his brain. And so everything goes back in time to when he originally got those parasites because now we're back in a different timeline and then they move on and mm-hmm. everything is happy with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think, Brent? How How would you compare and contrast these two episodes?
0: So, uh, there is definitely the everybody dies moment at the end in that episode of Enterprise. Um, how they got there is a little bit different. Uh, everybody dies at the end of the Enterprise episode because the Zindi come and attack them out of nowhere, well, out of nowhere-ish, and, um, you know, a decent amount of the, uh, of the casualty and damage is a direct result of that attack not because our he- our heroes have made a plan that that is almost certainly going to be uh, a one-way trip um hey one-way trip ha 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 i just made a pun uh anyway um <laughs> uh but what does happen there at the very very end though is uh flocks to uh, paul and archer well, Flocks and Paul mainly um, sacrificing themselves in order to finish the job of creating that subspace explosiony thing or whatever it was going to be. I can't remember exactly. Right. Um, and in order to in order to, to 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 remove these parasites, with the understanding that it was going to have a ripple uh, back in time. Now it it does that that Enterprise episode didn't quite set up that payoff in the same way. It set it up in this sort of, like, narrator out of time type of a moment. Uh, The story was taking place in flashbacks, and... Um, And so as a result, our point of view was kind of above it all. And we were watching it happen, and we were concerned about what the end result was going to be, but it still kind of had that sort of that Star Trek 40-minute problem, here's the resolution, it's kind of techno-heavy, and bango, it works, and our heroes are able to carry on to the next adventure. Whereas the, the Stargate 2010 episode, even though the ending was exactly kind of it landed in much the same spot. We were in that mix the entire time. We weren't observing the story through flashback. We were observing the story in real time. We were watching them formulate their plan. We were watching them react to the challenges. We were watching them try to execute the plan and navigate the interpersonal relationships that it took to get there. Um, It was much more, it it was much more personable. And then Mm -hmm. at the end, the payoff is that the note gets through, and then we zip back to two thousand one. We see our heroes. There's the payoff. The, you know, then there we go. Um, and it's now that I'm really thinking about it, I find it really intriguing. The end of that episode in Enterprise, boy, did it ever have a real Star Trek feel to it? There was a bit of a there was a bit of a laugh and a kick at the end. Right. There was a little bit of let's jump up and click our heels. You know, hey, to Paul, you'd make a great nurse. Ha ha. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of a hallmark of Star Trek now that I'm thinking about it. It's just kind of a thing that they do. And and in Stargate, like they'll do that sometimes. But this one, it ended, you know, but a nice little philosophical thing. It ends with Richard Dean Anderson uttering the line as Jack O'Neill makes you wonder fade out. Roll to credits. And, yeah. and they didn't even use, I don't even think they used the same ending song or I can't remember, but whatever. It was really well done. It, it it was, it was meant to give you a pause. It was meant to make you go, huh? And to let your mind keep rolling with it. The enterprise episode was meant to kind of close it up. Well, we're never going right. to see that again. Hey, to Paul, he'd make a good nurse. Ha <laughs> ha. So, um, isn't that
1: ironic because she was his nurse for the, this whole future environment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so clever. Um, so, yeah, so, but, um but it was kind of interesting to have um two episodes of science fiction television, which were aired pretty close together. I think that season three episode came out in maybe 2002 or three, three, I think. Yeah. I think and the
1: enterprise episode was 2003. So it's and this came out in 2001.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's right on, right on the heels of, e- of each other, basically. And. Uh, to play around with much the same idea, but to kind of come at that story from very t- from well, what felt like two different angles. Um mm-hmm. and also what felt like two different brands, right? Like that there that there is a Star Trek brand, and it felt like it was on display in that episode in Twilight. Yeah. Um and you know, I hesitate to say that there's a Stargate brand, but you know. 2010 felt very much on par. Like it, it, it resonated with how it tells stories and it's just decidedly different and, and, and really good. And I really liked it. So, what about, yeah, how about you? Like, what, so, you I, I think that?
1: that, that, that idea of the, the brand, the Stargate versus Star Trek brand, uh, is right, right on. Um, as a general rule, uh, I think that Star Trek, tends to kind of hover over the action mm. and watch it from above. Mm-hmm. And this is happening very clearly in this episode of Twilight's highlighted in here where you know you you're just kind of hanging over there as as you're listening to to Paul narrate what happened mm-hmm. to old Archer as you're witnessing on the screen what it is that she's narrating. And And then, you know, even um, when all that is finished and he's like, oh, Flox is here. And Flox has this great idea about eliminating things, things. It just kind of feels like you're hanging above things watching. Um, And then that's it. So there's this kind of this watching things unfold from above Mm -hmm. is kind of Star Trek's brand of doing things. Uh, I would say that if there is any one series that breaks away from that more than any others, it's Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably one of the reasons why Deep Space Nine is one of my personal Star Treks. Mm. Uh, and and all of this is with an asterisk that I really haven't seen any of Discovery. Uh, I did see in, uh, the season of Picard out there, which also follows in a lot of those same Deep Space Nine roots. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, I can't so I can't speak to Discovery. So I'm talking about old Star Trek, the the second round of Star Trek, which is old now still. Yep.
0: Um, and this is a Stargate podcast. I was about to launch into Discovery. I haven't seen the third season yet, but we're not yeah. going to talk about it because it's not. No, domain. no. But
1: Stargate mm-hmm. is <laughs> part of their brand. Uh, a, th- they do comedy way better, but this isn't a comedy episode for either one of them. Um, but Stargate, Invites you uh, into the team as if you are almost a fifth element or fifth uh, uh, member of Mm -hmm. SG Mm One. As you go about, so it's just kind of a real uh, in the midst of. And you saw this in this episode, like like when they were sitting around the table and discussing all of these things. And do we have the right to do this? What do we, you know, if we don't do this, you know, what are we giving up? All of this stuff. Uh, just the way it was shot and lit, uh, and that golden hue out of the windows that was coming into the restaurant uh, made me feel like I was sitting at the table with them, and and you know maybe I didn't have anything to say specifically, but I was part of the conversation, mm-hmm. um, and and so it's that invitation into here, um, which. Again, it's one of the reasons why I really like and have been drawn into Stargate, um, because its brand of storytelling is one that invites you into the story, um, as opposed to just witnessing the story. Um, and yeah. you know, do they do they have missteps? Yeah, absolutely. But but I still appreciate that basic style. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Twilight does exactly, and I've complained about this before does exactly what you see too often in Star Trek where you have a temporal episode and when it's all said and done, you have reset it back to wherever it was before and none of what you saw mattered.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Right? Everything we saw in Twilight, everything we saw in Twilight didn't matter.
0: And you, it, it seems like you could have been able, as a writer, you could have been able to absolutely put in five seconds worth, nah, 15 seconds worth of dialogue. And imagine that those little, those little time out of phase time parasites left some kind of an imprint in Archer's mind such that he had echoes of these memories from the future. Right. Like, you know, leave it a little mysterious, leave it a little sci-fi. Don't have an explanation right away. Maybe have Flux be a little confused, have Archer furrow his brows and be like, you know, look at Sa Paul and kind of like see something and be like, "Wait a minute, I have a memory of you taking care of me." And actually, you built they built it in with the stupid pillow scenes at the end. You know what I mean? So, so oh, yeah. then and, and, it turns and, and into lazy the writing. It, they were trying to be funny, funny, hark, 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 and yeah. I don't think it paid out. It didn't pay out. You it could have turned. in you you could have had a pretty nice little moment there, of. You know, you could have had a little homage to the mystery of these time type episodes and not have it reset to zero exactly and have a plausible way to explain it. But, you know, nope, nope, we're just going to pretend like it didn't happen.
1: And, you know, compare that to 2010 Mm -hmm. in Stargate. um, While there is a certain amount of resetting to zero mostly, but the fact that they have that note Yep. And that they say wasn't this planet on our list of things to visit really soon and of course you get the the message from the general it ain't anymore mm-hmm. lock it out we ain't going to that place period um you know that type of uh there's still a mystery that nobody really knows what happened or where it came from you know which begs the question that 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 uh O'Neill mentions at the end, makes you wonder, makes you think. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is something there that says, huh, something happened. We have no idea what it is, but we have a suspicion that it's not insignificant because we are taking this whole planet and we are saying, we're not going to go there under any circumstances. Yep. Um, And you get none of that from Twilight uh and that's nope. where i think yeah. that that uh, twilight falls on its face more than any other place um in than anything else in that episode so mm-hmm. th- those are those are my thoughts mhm yep well so brent mhm um what we need to do now i think i think we're at this point is thinking about 2010 and this rewatch um and reevaluation and re-rating... Yep. Where would you put this? How would you rank uh, 2010 after this watch?
0: Yeah. So I did find it funny when I was watching the episode and after I had finished it that I was... Um, how best... I, 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 I found it curious that I wasn't enamored with the episode. I liked it. I had a good time. I, for some reason, thought like... Man, I feel like I should be like getting more out of this rewatch or something. But that's probably just me like leaning on myself too hard. But at the end of it, like I said, it's a good time. It was a good story. Well acted. Very well acted. Um, it mattered. It moved the story forward. Uh, it planted the seed for 2001, which moved the story even further ahead. Um, I'm going to give this one a six out of seven. Um, I don't think I'm, I, even after all this discussion and the knowledge of the future, I don't think I want to give it a seven out of seven. Um, there was just parts about it that just didn't quite bring it to that level for me on this watch, but it was sure. still darn good. Nice solid yeah. six. How about you? Cool.
1: So, um, I'm going to give this an, actually a 7 out of 7. Sure. Like I mentioned before, there was something about this watch yesterday that, that just from the moment I jumped up on that, that train of 2010 and I rode it to the end and it was <laughs> good, enjoyable, and, and it it apparently was exactly what I needed to see at that point in time and it just it worked for me perfectly in that moment. Um, nice. And so would I always give it a 7? Um, honestly, I can't remember what I gave it before. I'm going to look at that up here in just a minute. Um, <laughs> um, but my suspicion is that there will be other future views that I would watch this episode, and I wouldn't necessarily give it a 7. But for sure. this time, this watch, it was a 7 for me. There
0: you go. Nice. So Excellent.
1: Um, here we go. Uh, you originally gave this... Uh, so we recorded this episode on... June twenty eighth, twenty twenty. So six. Or, so about six months, months ago. ago. Yeah. Seven months ago. Um You gave it a six out of seven at that point in time. You uh-huh. didn't like uh SG one ham fisted choices for all humanity. You can make yep. okay. Uh, <laughs> some things never change. <laughs> yep. Uh you didn't like Sam's hubby Joe uh making choices for her nope. still talking about that uh, you know <laughs> absolutely um you said it wrapped up too fast um but oh, it yeah. was good uh understated attempt at future views, and he enjoyed it mm-hmm yeah uh here's a quote that you that you said uh had a great time with this one uh acting through the roof yep all right, so me. Yeah, um, I actually gave this a six and a half uh, last yeah. time I loved the acting and the dialogue uh, uses the characters have 45 minutes I'm trying to read Julie's writing <laughs> uh, that they don't remember uh, uh, characters have a 45 minute adventure that they don't remember trope but I give it a pass because the present is affected yes there you go yep Um too fast wrap up but nothing uh, something
0: I kind of I think I disagree with my past self um, I think what I was relaying was that that shootout in the end was a little weird not weird mm-hmm. it was just it was just clunky we just said it just now it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the cleanest and I think that's that, that past me was then saying that it just sort of like ended everybody got shot up and then got the note through and maybe it would have felt better, even at that same pace, if they had made it a little bit more interesting than just getting a whole bunch of like you know pock marks on their face and climbing up the stairs slowly, right? Like if yeah. it had been a little bit more variegated on how that happened somehow. Uh, which I'm, I'm sure you know, I'm sure quarterbacking right now, but
1: right. And you know. and of course, I, I think it, I think it is rushed a little bit. Uh, you get to see. O'Neal run for it and then get shot up, and then you kind of get to see uh, Jackson kind of jump up on the ramp and then he gets dead, and that's it. Yeah. Teal gets shot up real early on, but that's to be expected given that he was the one that was dialing the gate in the first place. Yep. Uh, The fact that uh, he managed to actually get the gate dialed was impressive. And then when you get to Sam, you're like, Sam's running down the escalator. And then all of a sudden she's right there next to yep. O'Neill. Yep. But nobody else was there, so all of those guns could have been pointed at her, uh, and she manages to get there. Um, it it is fast. It is fast. But uh, you know, for this time around, I give it a pass because I was just I was just jamming on it. Yep. So. Yeah. And nice. you know, there was a lot of other stuff going on. So if you had made that scene a little bit longer, a little bit more detailed, um, you would have had to cut something.
0: Yes. Yes. So. Indeed.
1: So yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, that that's that's our rewatch.
0: There we go. I think, yeah. Um, we rewatched for it. Listening. We rerated it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, you you rated it the same. I gave it half a chevron more. See, um, for go. this time around. Um, yeah so I would say tell us what you think uh, be, by all means share your thoughts yes um, uh, how you know about what this episode and everything um, you can email us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com of course mm-hmm. hopefully you're following us on twitter at stargate walking mm-hmm. and part of the facebook group and page and all of that stuff um, again thank you very much for um, for supporting the podcast and getting yes. your dollars into this project uh, we appreciate it a lot. Uh, it means a lot. And uh, we're thankful for uh, for your time and your participation. Yes, so thank absolutely.
0: You very much. Yeah, thank you so much. And this is a lot of fun. This is, you know, Zach, you mentioned it earlier, like going through these things and watching it again and talking about it again is pretty fun. It's pretty great. Oh, uh, stick a pin in this one. We're not going to do it this second. But friends... Let us tell you when, sometime in our future how many times Zach and I have talked about the Star Wars prequels. We've talked about that a lot. So we enjoy going back and revisiting some, some media, talking about it again, and rehashing it all over again just for our own enjoyment. So
1: Indeed. great time. Indeed. So thanks very much for giving us an excuse yes. to do that. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. And
1: so uh, also, uh, don't forget our website, WTTS.space. Yes. Space.
0: Um, although we got to do space. more with it I mean I don't know we don't have to do anything it's our website we can do what we want yeah well, I can put okay. up a grilled cheese sandwich recipe if I for all I care
1: well if you really want to do that I'm not going to stop you yeah more. um but uh <laughs> yeah so now he's going to do that <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> we've been friends for a very long time Zach you know exactly that as soon as I said that out loud I said I should actually do that <laughs> <laughs> and, and as soon
1: as I open my mouth and says, "Well, I'm not going to stop you," then it's then like, psh, psh,
0: there you go. So, now, now I'm going to so, have a thing to do. sometime. Uh,
1: dear Patreon listeners, if you go to the website in the next few days or whatever it is, and you see a grilled cheese <laughs> recipe, <laughs> now you'll know where now it you came know from. why there's a um, grilled cheese recipe, and uh, people will ask questions, and you will know the answer. So
0: yes, uh, you will have well, a
1: secret knowledge. With all of that. I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Stargate Second Chances of Walking Through the Stargate podcast. See you next time.
0: Bye.